1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network, at LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, PodBay, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and let's bring in the rest of the team. Now, this week, we are doing things a little bit differently this is normally the part of the show where I'd be introducing the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. However, I'm going to be jumping ahead to who? Who is it? Well, it's the one and only Brendan Barr.
2: Hey, hey, what's up?
1: Yes, Brendan, how's it going?
2: Oh, uh, well, you know, good as can be. We've got, uh, you know, is a- Good luck to, to Dusty. I know he's uh he's gonna be listening in, so just get it out of the way right now. We miss you already, buddy. But uh we told yes. you, take care of yourself. So
1: yes. Dusty you know. is out sick today. He is not gonna be joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. So we spend uh we uh we are wishing Dusty Murphy a quick recovery. Uh we hope to have him back soon. Brendan Barnes. Well, we're gonna be uh, guiding the ship for this week's episode. Uh so make sure you just just hold on tight. Uh we still got a lot of news to cover um from the holiday break and more. Uh we did have our episode drop a little bit later last week than we intended, but <laughs> We got you back, and that's just the way things go in the holiday season. Uh, You know, schedules get busy, things happen, and so uh, we were a little delayed. But we are back because, man, oh, man, we got a lot of news to cover as we go into, really, man, the first week of December. I can't believe we're here.
2: This year went by a lot faster than last year.
1: Yes, this year went by a lot faster, I guess, thank thank the the Lord about that, because last year felt like an eternity plus, and this year has just flown by so, so fast, we're here in the very first week of December, soon enough, it's going to be the end of the year, and we are going to be doing our end of year awards, second annual, so stay tuned for more information on that, we will be recording that and getting that posted a little bit later on this month but until then we're gonna hit you with the news that's happening right now so yeah. brendan let's go ahead and kick it off with the road back to shows
2: yeah we okay so uh i have classically been updating us on the status of mexico and mexico city as far as their covet stuff uh the past few weeks they haven't really been updating so we're just gonna move right into the, the rest of the news uh Mexico City is doing what Mexico City is doing. Um, I wanted to start off with our big one. We had uh Expo Lucha kind of came roaring back with uh Black Friday and Cyber Monday making some talent announcements, uh putting some deals online, unfortunately for those of you who uh are listening to this, if you wanted to take advantage of those deals, they already expired, but there are plenty oh. of Expo Lucha tickets yes. still available, and there will definitely be more deals coming up, because we have all the way until 2022. So I'm sure there will be some, some more times where there will be deals available for you. But they did give us some exciting news. Um, they did remind us the already announced main event for night one is going to be Dragon Lee and, and Laredo Kid. So, I mean, right there, you, you've got a match with the prize <laughs> of admission mm-hmm. there alone. Um, they announced that Lady Maravilla is going to be making her Expo which is debut, which is, uh, pretty great. Uh, like they usually have some really solid women's division matches and to have, uh, Lady Maravilla, uh, as one of the talents is, is fantastic. Um, of course, this year, uh, we are, is the rescheduled Philadelphia Expo, which was originally meant to be on the anniversary of luchador talent arriving at the ECW arena. Obviously, COVID made that un- impossible, but they're still honoring that. It's still going to be in the 2300 arena, and they have announced ECW luchador super crazy and psychosis will be present so you you will have a chance to to feel a little hint of that magic for sure if you make it to this. Um of course you have talents like Solar, Solar Jr., Black Tarus, Ares, Tinievas Jr. who have all been at previous ones, as well as Octagon, who we've talked about a few times on This Week in Lucha Libre. He's a major part of history. This is the first time I will have had a chance to see to be in the same room with him. I have no idea if he's going to wrestle or if he's just going to sign and be at the signing table all weekend. Either way, it's a fantastic opportunity. This is a this is the same octagon that was in that historic when worlds collide matches that just well worth your time to to have an opportunity to meet him. Uh did I miss anything, Miranda?
1: Uh, well, another ECW legend who's going to be there is Juventud Guerrero, uh, and so that's, you already have several ECW arena legends now there, I mean, the list goes on and on, uh, Expo Lucha put out a lot of great, uh, posts up over the weekend, uh, regarding all of the talent that's going to be there, um, Super Astro Junior, Gringo Loco, uh, bestia 666 and michael wolf Damien 666 oddies um and much much more um and the announcements are probably going to keep on rolling um mm-hmm. over the next few months so make sure if you're not following expo lucha on social media uh you can find them on instagram at expo lucha live And you'll be able to see all of the talent uh, announcements as they are posted as long uh, as well as ticket information, um, which uh, tickets are now available. As you said, Brendan, Uh, the sale Mm -hmm. did pass. But uh, make sure you get them now, because as you also mentioned, Brendan, this is, you know, uh, a redo of what we were supposed to get in 2020 and in 2021. (laughs) So there are people clamoring uh, Uh to attend this event.
2: Uh, and as a special note uh you probably know this if you were a person who purchased tickets for 2020 all of those tickets are still being honored so if you bought your tickets already for 2020 you shouldn't need to do anything else but do check your email inbox to make sure you got some sort of notification uh on that or otherwise uh you know it I don't want to say it's something bad Will happen, but you're leaving the just possibility.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you probably <laughs> bought those tickets up quite a while ago. So I you I... just want to make sure that they're still there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just be, just be safe. That's, I, I check every once in a while just to be sure. And I don't even need the tickets right now because I'm pretty sure I can. Just say to the to the grilled cheese master, please let me in. And-, yes.
1: and and we'll also be teasing throughout the show a few other people that have been announced for Expo Lucha. Uh, we didn't say all the names yet because we're going to tease some additional names a little bit later on in the show. So we'll, we'll plant some Easter eggs throughout the show of Absolutely. other talents to expect at Expo Lucha
2: and we'll be doing that throughout the months as well. Just yes. like sometimes people will be appearing coincidentally at other events and we'll just bring them up. So uh speaking of more events, uh PWG has announced uh their Battle of Los Angeles is going to return on January 29th and January 30th. This is typically an area where we've seen uh luchadors greatly exposed uh, to the American wrestling audience we've seen Bandito, black orus uh, uh ray orus many others uh, uh, in these battle of los angeles ma- matches uh, most of the cast of lucha underground at some point was in pwg if not at battle of los angeles so uh january ninth, january 30th uh pwg is always kind of mysterious about their ticketing events so i'm not even gonna uh pretend to know how to to actually get tickets but keep an eye on their social media they will try and let you know um uh the lucha meme show on 11 14 is now been added to iwtv so if you are an iwtv subscriber and you haven't been aware of it yet you can now go back and watch that 11 14 show there were a few good matches on there, um, and generally Lucha Memes puts on uh, great Lucha content, so worth supporting. Uh, we also had an announcement in our Facebook group. The Lucha Central Week, uh, Lucha Central Weekly Facebook group uh, has been having several postings, and they put up a post for Christmas Chaos. Which will be Thursday, December 9th. This is presented by Old Fashioned Wrestling and OFW Boyle Heights. Uh, it is kind of being characterized as a, as PCW invading Boyle Heights. And as such, we have Hammerstone defending the PCW championship, Eva Van defending her PCW Ultra Women's Championship, and Jay Vidal defending the Ultralight Championship. Uh, it's, it's matches that have already been announced. So that's Thursday, December 9th. Uh, the, the poster and information is in our Facebook group or uh, if you are not a Facebook subscriber, uh, we can get that information to you. Um, GCW is uh, uh, now starting to announce matches for some of their upcoming events. Their 1203 show is now going to have Gringo Loco, Demonic and Demonic Lamita and Lowrider against ASF, Drago Kid, and Chris Carter. Uh, so uh some of those names you're going to recognize, people, regular listeners of the show will recognize uh, some of those names. You won't. I promise you they are all fantastic Lucha-trained superstars. Uh, GCW has been really kind of working hard to bring that sort of content forward. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had a few other things. Now I'm going to switch over to, to wrestlers doing and saying things. Now uh, <laughs>
1: that's a segment, new segment. Wrestlers <laughs> are doing and saying things.
2: Oh
0: yeah,
1: uh,
2: it's. I mean, it's all part of this this uh, road to shows. As we're doing, we're covering a lot of the other news. Uh, so I just wanted to to we're going to cover. I've talked about shows that are coming up, but now we're going to talk about. Wrestlers that are going to be doing shows and sometimes, uh, they do and say things. Um, Maslucha had an interview with Andrade where he said he wanted to face Pagano and Dr. Wagner Jr. before Wagner Jr. retired, which is an interesting statement in and of itself because Wagner Jr. hasn't said anything about retiring for a while and, uh, Kind of has been on a newfound sort of tour, but uh, uh, maybe you know some people are speculating that maybe that just means there we're going to see Wagner show up as a as a match replacement for some of these other people because he's already signed to wrestle Pagano at a couple of events, so we'll, we'll see. I just thought that was an interesting little. Uh, that's a list of, of any combination of people in this is good to me. Andrade, Pagano, Dr. Wagner, I want, I see any of that. Maybe, you know, the AAA ring, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> speaking of people though, that from AAA, Psycho Clown did, uh, some crazy things online, which got me all worked up, but it turned out it was just a, it was in fact, I worked myself under a shoot. Psycho Clown went on <laughs> Twitter. And said that Mexican football has more clowns than Lucha Libre and then started actually having Twitter beef with the the club for a hot minute. But it turns out that really what it was is AAA and a jersey manufacturer by the name of Charlie Football were doing six Lucha Libre-themed alternate jerseys for the teams of Santos, Laguna, León, Atlas, Cuatro, Tijuana, Pachua. So, uh, you know, I I was all looking forward to Psycho Clown having Twitter beef with people and just being able to dogpile, but no, no, it's just cool shirt announcement. And Dusty's not here to talk about it and the AAA segment, so I got it. Mine, Psycho Clown. I got my eyes on.
1: Always has been. Right <laughs>
2: <hand>. Always. Yep. <sighs> Uh <laughs> there's more of that going on on Facebook. Pro Wrestling Revolution got involved at one point because he wasn't at the, at the recent Santa Rosa show. I do not have results for that show yet, so don't we will not be talking about that on this week's indie roundup, but I'm hoping to get that soon. Um and that's my uh that's my road back to shows. I kinda think that's the best way to segment into the indie roundup uh this week i really wanted to focus on since i mentioned that facebook group earlier we've had a number of really good matches from uh recent as well as historical events being put up Uh, i wanted to give shout outs to uh mask toys and danny floyd in particular who have been populating with lots of great matches uh i wasn't originally talking about uh, uh, much about these because i couldn't verify if these were recent or classic matches but since uh they're they're putting up so much content i wanted to just throw throw some some names out there on that the most recent one that was put up is from kingdom wrestling 3 which featured negro Cassius uh javio javio four volcano Against Blue Panther, El Felino, and Chamaco Becerra. Uh, so, you know, go to our Facebook group and check that out. Uh, these are all on YouTube. So again, if you are not on Facebook, you're one of those people that has, has given up the Facebooks. We can get you links other ways. Uh, so, but, but, uh, do check that out. I did not want to do, mention that. And then, uh, we had some, we had a riot event, which, uh, the main, the most interesting thing to me is that they were playing kind of event, uh, or venue roulette. It was signed up for a different venue. It wound up at the Arena Feminil Monterey in uh, Nuevo León. Uh, and then they had six matches. Uh, just real quick, we'll t- cover the second half of the card where you had Damien 666 and Muerte Extreme in a no DQ match. Which means that you know somebody, uh, got skewers in the head and cookie sheets upside the head. So, uh, Damien came out on top on that. And then you had Extreme Tiger, an Iron Kid in a match. Uh, Extreme Tiger, not a name we could, we've said a lot on this show lately, and I'm happy to be able to say it again. Uh, that's kind of an old school, uh, reference for the, uh, Impact days. For a lot of American viewers. Uh, Extreme Tiger did get the win on that. Uh, you had a match with Prometeo, Baby Extreme, Kratos for the Riot Championship contenders. And uh, Prometeo came out on top on that one. Uh, Baby Extreme is always a standout in every match, though, so well worth watching. And then you had Hechicero against Eric Ortiz in the main event. Etchisero came out on top on that one. Uh, so that was my real quick indie roundup. Uh, as always, let me know what you guys want. There's al- always more things I can be covering. Uh, we kept it kind of simple and neat this week because we were, uh, there was a lot with the kind of a, the week that we didn't get. And I, uh, I wanted to just focus on recent stuff so that we could keep moving ahead. But if there's something that you felt I missed, uh, don't worry, I'm gonna try and get those PWR results for you. Uh, uh, anything else you want, you want me to cover, please let me know. But, uh, that's the Indie Roundup for the week.
1: Thank you, Brendan, for the road back to shows and the Indie Roundup. Next, well, you know what time it is. We're gonna kick it off to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
0: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the Podcast Network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass Max and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. The Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution, Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
1: And a big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the lucha central podcast network so as far as our big news of the week we have to have to have to talk about triple a triple mania rasia happening this weekend and as i had mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show we did have a little bit of delay in recording and well we missed out on some pretty big news, but we're gonna be talking about it now, and that is the news of Kenny Omega vacating the AAA Mega Championship, Mega Championship. Uh, that happened, uh, man, right, uh, right before Thanksgiving, uh, I believe and this was stated uh from AAA specifically the news was confirmed by Conan that due to a substantial amount of injuries that Kenny Omega has sustained and that information was out there after his match uh at Full Gear um with um oh my gosh uh, why am i blanking on on his name
2: Oh. Uh. Sorry, uh, I was checking up on the Twitter for a second there. Uh, <laughs> we, at Full Gear, uh,
1: wow. it was, uh, Kenny. We,
2: we do this as a, we do that, we I actually treat this seriously, folks. So this is just us being very behind, uh, the, the memory blockage here.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it's been a, uh, you know, a, a long, a few weeks, uh, and this is why we always have Dusty here, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, Kenny and, uh, well, uh, you know, you know, he does cowboy shit, uh, but anyways, oh, going, hang Adam hang, hangman Adam Page, yes, yes. So, <laughs> after Kenny's match with hangman Adam Page, um, it was being reported that Kenny's had, uh, a substantial amount of injuries that have been bothering for quite some time. And uh, that led to, you know, even just speculation about how prepared and and how healthy Kenny was going to be um, for triple main happening on December 4th. And that is when AAA announced that uh, Kenny had vacated the title. With that came some big changes to the title picture. We then found out that the match was going to convert to a five-way match for the vacant AAA Mega Championship. We knew that Hijo del Vikingo was going to be in the match. However, AAA announced four other names shortly thereafter that was going to be included, that those four names are Samurai del Sol, Formerly known as Kalisto, uh, Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, and Bandito. So we now have a five way match for the Triple A Mega Championship. And we had discussed this on the show as far as our thoughts on Kenny versus Ijo de Vikingo, and really did think that that was going to be the passing of the torch from Kenny to Ijo de Vikingo. It still feels that way with the odds still kind of stacked up against E-Hole, but also a great opportunity to showcase uh, other Lucha talent. And, you know, as much as, you know, it's a buzzy term, but it happens, the forbidden door uh, with, you know, U.S. talent, American talent like Bobby Fish and Jay Lethal. Brennan, I do want to get your quick thoughts on the change-ups to this match.
2: Well, I'm going to start with the elephant in the room, the Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish editions. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think they added enough to this. I understand they want uh spoiler this is going to be available in the US. We'll give you details on that mm-hmm. later. I they they want to to be able to reach a broader US audience. Just like I said in previous weeks about Jay Lethal showing up in AEW. I don't think he adds enough. I don't think this is the point. He's the guy at the point in the career that's going to, to draw eyes to this product. Hey, I, think.
1: I, I have to agree. Uh, same thing, yeah. you know, with Bobby Fish. He isn't right. necessarily as controversial as Jay Lethal is, but I don't think people are going to buy this show to watch Bobby Fish.
2: Nope. You are. I agree with you. That's that's why I was lumping the two of them together. I Yes. Uh, I think, I wouldn't even say yeah. the
1: same for Jay Lethal, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I really yeah. don't think US audiences are going to gravitate towards these nope. two names in particular. I feel like more people, US audiences would buy this for Kane Velasquez than Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish.
2: Well, and but they also have Bandito on there, who is a legit indie superstar. So
1: that too. But I think just think, in general, know, like more yeah. American household names. I think a yeah. maybe non lucha libre fan uh, possibly would be more inclined to to I, watch. I, yeah, based off of some of the other names.
2: I agree. A, uh, a Kane Velasquez would have been a, a big a big name to add to that. He wouldn't. He would have a little more trouble kind of fitting in with the level of talent on this. Not that Kane is not talented, but he's not a, he has not been a full-time wrestler. He's a, an athlete that has been doing yes. a lot of things. Um, you know, and, uh, they, there, there was some, they, there, there will be other talk about him, but there, yeah, there's some other big names they could have done with the recent releases. There's, uh, uh, you know, yeah it's the, samurai del Sol would also kind of not the top draw, but he's a big draw he will get yeah. people uh but if you really wanted to do that, you could have grabbed grand metal league or or uh uh dusty sky whose name just shot out of my say i'm doing it again it's the memory you wanna? uh no well him too that's he's a that's a
1: dusty guy
2: <laughs> but uh, he's not the one for the u s audiences although oh. he, not yeah,
1: yeah. Lindsay?
2: <laughs> Lindsay, there we go. Lindsay, Dorado. I apologize, Lindsay. I even spoke with you on the show. I, it's really just that uh we're doing this. And and your, and your mask was in my head, but not your name. <laughs> I was okay. seeing all of your great
1: masks. Well, And I know they're still, <laughs> uh, you know, very interesting as far as timelines go and what people were yeah but yeah i mean i think if it was an ideal world i think this too being lindsay's first shove if this you know fantasy mm-hmm. booking here i think that would have been a bigger a big draw too but you well, have a very interesting group of wrestlers in this five way match mm-hmm. um i do think it adds a lot of credibility if we if we still see or predict what we had originally thought with E. Holdivy Kingle winning, you know, four very reputable, experienced talent um, that he yes. can... Uh, you know, come on top over. But even as, you know, b- big things, is say, you know, we're really fantasy booking here, if Samurai De- Del Sol won, or say Bandito won, and then uh-huh. ends up concurrently being, you know, ROH and AAA Mega Champion, you know, that's some some pretty big yeah. um, implications there. So, you know, who knows, you know, what I- that's. Uh, all of this, you know, will lead to. Uh, but I think it's still going to be a, a very entertaining match.
2: I do want to go over, now that I've got my, my my negative aspect, I do want to go over the positives of this, by the way. Having Bobby Fish in there in particular is a seasoned veteran, that he's mm-hmm. really good at making other people look good. So even though he's quite probably not going to win this thing, He's going to make the Kingo and Bandito look like superstars when yes. he's in the ring with them. Uh, Jay Lethal is a very seasoned veteran who can do a lot of great things in there. He can match the high-flying antics of the Luchadors. He can match the ground wrestling with Bobby Fish. So he's also going to add a lot to this match uh just from a mechanic standpoint. And maybe that's what they went for with this. Maybe they went with two guys that weren't going to be as big of a draw, but are going to really make the guys they want to st- have stand out really stand out. So uh that is, uh you know, that's probably on Conan and a couple other people in AAA. But uh there are some definite positives and big aspects that can come out of this. And I think that's going to make this a really big main event match. They do have... A number of matches that are going to be really good on us We talked about this in previous weeks This is a loaded card And I've only gotten more loaded since we last talked about it Yeah
1: Well, and with that, Brendan uh, (laughs) You can definitely mention There's been some updates and changes to the card Since we last uh, talked about it
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with with the tease that I did earlier They have announced officially that it's going to be on fights So we're going to have uh, a 6.30 start time on the Fight Network, 6.30 CST, uh, and, and we went from four matches, which is what I believe we talked about on the last show, to five matches, back to four matches, uh, and now we're going to have, uh, six matches on the Fight Network, plus possibly one or two more that get filmed for an- another AAA event. But, uh, let's go over what we've got for the card. We're going to have a, uh, what they call a, this is straight from the Fight Network, the, the these, these terminologies are straight from the Fight Network promotion for this. So we have a Trios fight featuring Poder del Norte, uh, versus Vipers versus the Nueva Generation Dinamita. So that's Potter del Norte, you know, Tito Santana and, uh, and Carta Brava Jr., and the, the names are just, a, Dusty where are you uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and against the vipers who've been recently on a lot of triple a television this is uh uh ripper slash psychosis two and uh and, and abismo negro uh at that and and all then the new wave of generation in who we were talking about were the big turnovers from CMLL. They showed up, uh, at the, at the last big event, made a big splash without even wrestling. Uh, they've wrestled a few matches since then, but this is going to be a big pay-per-view event. They've been feuding with Puerto del Norte and, and the Viper squad have, yeah. uh, recently been inserting themselves attacking both sides on television matches. So, uh, they've added a lot of story to make this kind of exciting, but also you have then Poder del Norte and Nueva Generation Dinamita, two of the most acknowledged trios teams in the world right now uh going at it. So you've already, you've got a recipe for magic here. Uh, then the next match they gave us is the honor fight with Chessman uh, and the Psycho Circus consisting of Murder Clown and Dave the Clown uh, against La Empresa. So Sam Adonis, DMT Azul, and Puma King with Estrelita hanging around. Uh, this will sound an awful lot like one of the previous pay-per-views we talked about where poor Dave the Clown was absolutely destroyed. So this is probably, this is being framed a little bit as Dave's chance for revenge as well as having a kind of united psycho circus with Chessman, uh, facing off against Lana and Presa. Uh, that's gonna be fantastic mm-hmm. uh yeah <laughs> we have a tag team match uh, with uh, la faction ingo ingo Bernable consisting of dragon Lee and Relistico, against Laredo Kid and a luchador Supresa. so uh I have no idea looking at who else is on this card already, I have no idea it could be it could be some of these American guys it could be. But you, you would think they would announce them. Like, if we were gonna get a and say, Air grand medal league, you would think they would announce them. So, I don't, I have no idea. Um this has the potential to be match of the night, depending on who that partner is. is Dragon Lee and Drelistico against Laredo Kid and A Sack of Potatoes is already a good match. So, you know, get somebody else really good in there. It will steal the whole show. And, The AAA World Tag Team Championships, currently held by FTR, are going to be on the line. The the Lucha Brothers are getting their rematch for it. Uh, We will be talking a bit more about this match in AEW, as these are also AEW tag teams. But that is, this is for the AAA Championship, not the AEW Championship, on the AAA-branded show. So... This could be one where we see a title change, or they could just be teasing marks like me to make me tune in and see if this is the <laughs> time where they actually lose the belts. Yeah. And then, uh, we, did, in the semi-main, we have a trios match featuring Psycho Clown, Pagano, and Kane Velasquez versus LA Park and Los Mercenarios consisting of Ray Scorpion, and Tharus. So there is where you've got your Cain Velasquez, your Pagano, your Psycho Clown. That's the reason they're not in the main event with, uh, for the, for the championship. You have LA Park returning to AAA, uh, to bringing violence and chaos with him. And, uh, I mean, yeah. Just, uh, so this is a loaded card. This is, it, even in, in a 2019 pre-COVID world, this card is, is, uh, is a worldwide pay attention to this car. So, uh, yeah. getting these six matches, uh, on fight is, is a fantastic deal. And hopefully it, uh, it does what it's supposed to and, and pulls eyes onto it. Cause yes. AAA and- is making big moves.
1: Yes, and it's a big deal to have this available to U.S. audiences through Fight TV. As we've talked about several times with the lawsuit with AAA and, uh, you know, streaming being very challenging for anyone in the U.S. to get access to, being able to do it through the right means on Fight TV, uh you know, hopefully makes it appealing. And the fact that I believe the price is only
2: nineteen ninety nine. Um, 99 That, let me... Pull that up one more time. Yes, I, I
1: believe that's what <laughs> I saw when I pulled up Fight TV. That it was only 19.99, which, in comparison to a lot of shows, is a pretty good deal. Um, just 20 bucks for, uh, you know, at this point, uh, a series of really good matches plus a killer main event that is going to crown a new AAA Mega Champion.
2: Yeah, it is still 19.99 on Fight. Uh, because it's fight, that means, I expect that means you will be able to get it as a video on demand afterwards. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this after the event has gone on, uh, you could still go on fight and grab it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, just, there's, this is great. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, We were kind of underplaying it, or I was, because I was more excited about the matches. But yeah, to have anything. Right now, with the, the FMV lawsuit that's been happening, having everything blocked, having the YouTube channel brought down, A's YouTube channel is still not available in America. You try and watch things on their official YouTube channel. Uh, it there, it says that it's blocked in this region now. It's also made our, uh, This Week in Lucha challenging at times <laughs> too. So, uh, you know, it have, being able to have access to it is, is, uh, a big, is a story in and of itself that we should not undersell. It's uh, very important and very cool. And like you said, uh, if you can afford the 20 bucks, please do this the, the official and, and non-piracy way because uh, that means we'll get more Lucha Libre in the United States if, if this is successful.
1: Well, make sure you tuned in to next week's show because we will absolutely be covering. All of the matches from AAA, Triple A, Triple Triple Mania, regia, uh because, again, the implications of the results of all these matches, but especially the main event, is going to be sending ripples throughout both, you mm-hmm. know, just not only Lucha Libre, but the world of professional wrestling.
2: Yeah, I and mean, there's still chances that that tag team match will have yeah. just as big, if not a bigger impact. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for the results.
1: Yes, uh, and and you know though they'll, they'll probably definitely be covered on uh, luchacentral.com. I say yes. that pr- pretty pretty surely though those results will be posted on luchacentral.com. Speaking of, we're gonna wait a little bit to talk about uh, some news coming, some previews of Rampage, <laughs> but we are gonna jump into AEW Dynamite. Again, Brendan and I are taking over for Dusty, so usually Dusty does a fantastic job with his thoroughness of the show. Us, not so much. Uh, we're just going to focus on a few I things did not this week. I have time to watch all of Elevation. This, this is why we do that. a divide and conquer type <laughs> of format because yeah. literally there is so much wrestling out there that we as individuals do not have the time and why Dusty uh, does such a great job in his reviews and And you'll see in our reviews of other products, other uh, shows of this week, some are a little bit more thorough, some are not. But, you know, I think this is very fitting, though, because Brendan and I uh, both saw the highlights of this particular match from Dynamite and have thoughts on it. And we're very curious about everyone's (laughs) thoughts. That was the match between Cody and Andrade in the Atlanta Street Fight match. And really, if you didn't see the match, you probably though saw the clip circulating all over the internet of Cody and Andrade going through a flaming table, and primarily Cody going through a flaming table, but still getting the win over Andrade. I right, so let's spoiler. Let's, I hate that. Yes, <laughs> like how did we get here? That if this is not the antithesis of like that escalated quickly, I am not sure what is. Yeah. How did we like I don't even remember Cody and Andrade fighting two weeks ago?
2: Well, so or in, they've a, been,
1: in a few They've been
2: they they have been building this feud. Andrade has been more having a war with words with him. They've been involved in six man matches, which have been mm-hmm. developing multiple feuds. But up until this week it was largely Cody and Alistair Black or whatever okay. his thing. Right,
1: yes, yes, yeah, Malakai.
2: <laughs> Like <laughs> I uh uh the uh it, it was mostly uh we were looking at it as those two so when it was announced you we were gonna have an Andrade Cody match most uh, most people like me were looking at going well this is going to build this kind of weird mix and match pieces feud that they've been doing with uh with uh all these uh, XNXT guys versus Cody uh <laughs> and, and instead we got this match. Um, for those
1: just, of you, go ahead,
2: yes. yeah, For those of you that didn't see the match, uh, we've already given away the ending where there was a giant flaming table, but there was a the
1: th- internet gave away the ending <laughs> there.
2: But uh, yeah, I you know, but there was more spots than that. This was a giant. Slug I haven't seen of, them according to the crazy internet. Crazy spots. Yes. But, uh, the, uh, you know, like you had, you had Arn Anderson falling off a ramp. You had, oh yeah, that did happen.
1: I did see that too. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Not funny, but kind of funny. <laughs> in,
2: in its own weird way, kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you DDTs on the outside, giant moves being done, um, uh, multiple tables being destroyed, uh, I, it was the whole match was a lot of a lot. And, and to your point, two weeks ago, they weren't really in a full on feud and they went to this kind of feud ender match on free TV. Uh, just, just out of nowhere. And, and, uh, that alone bothers me.
1: Yes, like, yeah. You know. it's, it was very confusing. So this spot in particular that we're talking about, Brandy Rose came out. She actually was the person who uh, put the the uh, lighting liquid gasoline almost. most, I think it was just lighter fluid, on the table and set the table on fire. Um, Cody ended up, uh, I believe it was a, a suplex, um they called it a
2: reverse
1: DDT. Reverse DDT. Okay. Uh In which Cody's back was the one who directly hit the flaming table. Andrade barely got. Oh, there you go. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, as I watch it again. <laughs> Cody's. Clothing was still on fire. A little part of his pant leg and another yeah. piece uh, of clothing I think was caught on fire because he got the brunt of the impact. So it doesn't seem like the table was moved out far enough. Uh, it was too close. Uh, to their, to the turnbuckle to the point where Cody got the brunt of it. So I think as, as to kind of echo your sentiments, the fact that this escalated very quickly and, uh, usually a match like this would be one where it would be a feud ender or there would be much more animosity and, mm-hmm. you know, storytelling to get to this point. Uh, but, you know, I do think AEW has a tendency of doing that going through feuds quickly and rotating through things. In some ways, it's good because they don't necessarily linger on things too much. And things that took time, like Adam Page and Kenny Omega, was able to go in and out of a feud for over for about a year. Yeah. And it made sense to that point. But this one in particular doesn't make as much sense. It also is just a... As we've also discussed, our concerns in their booking of Andrade and how, again, he's in another losing feud. You know, granted the philosophy of wins and losses don't matter. I do feel like there is a um, uh, a sentiment to that. I do believe there's truth in that.
2: There, um, there is, but
1: but yes,
2: Andrade has not won a high-profile match on AEW television. Yes. That's the problem. Like mm-hmm. he's not been he's not been he, so wins and yeah. losses don't matter but the what they're telling without saying is that Andrade is not in the yeah. same caliber. As I as,
1: think I and I think this would have made more sense if Andrade got the win so that Cody can come back yep. and beat Andrade. I think just that yep. simple change would have kind of changed my mind about what they were doing with this, almost to the fact that I, that I needed a match like this or turn mm-hmm. turned the tables on Cody in his own type of match to beat him.
2: And I honestly thought that's what was going to happen when I saw Cody hit the table. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this could be interesting storytelling. You have Brandy setting the table on fire without Cody knowing about it, Cody going through the burning table wondering what the hell went on, then you can have the Cody show go on with, with Brandy and not, ha- and then Andrade comes out of this looking good, but that's not what they did. Uh, and this is, this is what bugs me about the Cody show and this is what bugs me about the EVPs in general is they're willing to just destroy the talent that they should be building up in order to have their, their glory matches. Cause that's all this was. This was in front of Cody's hometown. He wanted to have a big match. He said in an interview somewhere he was tired of uh, uh, a move being the one that they always show in his clips. So he's going to do something new. So now you know what the the new thing is, because it's going to be him going through that flaming table for another year before he gets bored of that. You know, and then unfortunately, Andrade got brought along for the ride and how he got drafted into this and not Alistair or uh, sorry, Malachi Black. I, I don't know. Maybe because he's desperate enough for big profile matches that he was willing to say, yeah, I'll do this and take the loss because in his mind, he thinks he can bounce back without realizing that the American audience is being told all the way from his WWE programming where he lost over and over again through now that he is not an important player. They're just, that's what they're being told. I can go on Twitter and see casual fans talking about him as being a jobber and a loser
1: hmm. and you know I do think that uh, the the viral clips of this video uh, you know probably is what AEW wanted I don't know how much that's going to help Andrade in the long run as you know visibility we will see what happens next week though I do have to admit it piques my interest in what's happening with Cody and Andrade um, my hope is that they continue this, that somehow this fuels something a little bit more, and this isn't just a one-off uh, with them, but we will see. I do also want to give the floor to you, Brendan, to talk a little bit about some previews of Rampage, including something that we talked a little bit about just earlier uh, for Triple Mania Regia.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to, the spoilers are out, and I'm going to let uh, Dusty have have the, the joy of talking about the, the, The opening match which is a Sammy Guevara defending against Tony Nese uh trust just trust the system here this was a it looks like it was going to be a great match but the important spoiler I wanted to talk on is that we're going to have FTR against the it's supposed to be the Lucha Bros but they replace uh they replaced uh um uh, why am I having so much trouble with names tonight uh they the it's it the team that they got we, we get instead is, is Pac Pack and Penta so uh uh Phoenix is not in the match that night and Pack is the one that takes the fall and uh and Al- Alister Black I keep saying that Malachi Black uh comes in for a post match beatdown on Pack so it instead of being what it could have been which is a big lead-in to TripleMania Regia to, to kind of expand the, the, the brands a little bit, make this Forbidden Door thing work. We're back to this story of AEW is only looking out for AEW with this Forbidden Door. And they're forwarding their own storyline just 24 hours before the um, before TripleMania Regia when they had an opportunity to really do something unique and special.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that that, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting way of going into, uh, Triple Mania And, you know, I, I do feel like this feud in and of itself is one that you want to keep on watching. Um, and I think even being able to see the difference of what it, how it's presented in AEW te- television to AAA, um, yeah is, to me it's fascinating you know i actually do think being almost seeing the same thing uh just a day apart is just will be very very interesting to see
2: except for again that's we're not gonna we're not even getting the same thing because they changed the they changed the team they they mm-hmm. they're focusing on a this ftr uh and and uh Th- this weird alliance that's part of the same Andrade match, the Andrade thing we were just, mm-hmm. talking about, where FTR and Andrade and uh, and uh, Malachi Black are all kind of this weird semi-faction, depending on the week, and that's what, and so the, that's kind of where it finishes up. Instead, is forwarding that. So in an odd way, it's forwarding the Andrade storyline as well. Yeah which is, to your point, an interesting development. And I do want to see how – I actually see how this all plays out instead of yes. just reading the results. Well, and
1: it makes you yeah. wonder, are we going to see Andrade at triple main Because that's – he's right? is not – you know, he seemed to be kind of a one-and-done in triple A. And when I think about someone who would have been very interesting to add to this, the, to, to the – To, the, to um, that five-way match. To that five-way yeah. match makes me curious about if Andrade, you know, why is he not on there? Um, granted, you know, who, who knows exactly what his situation with AAA is, but it does also, you know, can absolutely tease maybe he shows up.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see him show up. I, I uh, have A lot of people have speculated that Andrade didn't sign on for that match because they weren't going to have him win. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's still kind of feeling burned by the fact that he didn't get to win in that, that, uh, last.
1: And it, yeah, exactly. I mean, if we go back to, to talking a little bit about the way that Kenny Omega ended his mega championship reign, you know, it feels, granted, it was due to injury. It was one where, you know, it, it was inevitable, not inevitable, it was unavoidable. Um, and to put his, you know, health first, Especially, I mean, he has been working very actively now for over a year. And mm-hmm. so, you know, having the opportunity to recuperate and not endure any more injury um is super, super important. But it also then makes you wonder opportunities where he could have lost the belt and it would have meant something more than yep. him vacating it. Yeah,
2: and I said it on the last time we were talking about that subject, that, uh, you know, hindsight especially makes this worse, but yeah, had Andrade won that Triple Mania, that, I think it was Triple Mania, but yeah, uh, that match, and won the, the AAA championship then, uh, he would have been ahead of the wave of the new toys with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. He would have a big win over a major player in two different promotions. Yeah and he would be he would be positioned just fantastically differently at this moment in time. And now knowing that we're not going to get uh, one of the things we didn't talk about is that uh, the, the speculation is that we're going to get he hotel the Kingo and, and uh, Kenny Omega in one of the early title defenses. They're thinking yeah. he might come back and that'll be one of the first title defenses to get that match. But uh uh you know the, to your point now, Andrade could show up uh and and uh and challenge for that belt again at the end of the show and and mm-hmm. build something you know that it build something interesting that way, so we'll see yeah. uh we're yeah. this is why we started with triple a because we're gonna be talking referencing back to triple a throughout the show a e w is about triple a this week uh. MLW and and all of those things we may wind up tying it all back
1: mm-hmm. in. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. very good point. So don't forget though, the weekly results for AEW are available on LuchaCentral.com. So if you miss anything from this week in AEW television, check out LuchaCentral.com. And Brendan, you just made a beautiful segue for MLW because we do have a lot to catch up on. Two weeks of Alpha Fusion, uh, as well as a little bit of teaser, uh, of information for the MLW, uh, Azteca Underground slash Crash show happening um just at least in recording time 24 hours by the time you listen to this that show has probably already happened but for us Mm -hmm. we're still in preview mode so first off a quick rundown of the mlw thanksgiving show the very first match we had an opera cup semi-final match tjp versus calvin tankman in which tjp advanced um, in this match, uh, TJP, again, always with the agility and, and being able to capitalize at, uh, on the size of someone like Calvin Tankman. However, he had some help, whether he liked it or not. Alex Kane came out and ended up causing a distraction. Him and his associate uh, caused multiple distractions uh, throughout the match, Um uh, with either the referee um, or just distracting Calvin Tankman. Uh, towards the end of the match, um Calvin Tankman was sent into uh exposed turnbuckle by Alex Kane, and then TJP was able to capitalize on that um, and use the Mamba Splash for the win. Also on the Thanksgiving edition of Alpha Fusion, we had the ladder match for the vacant national openweight championship. It was Alex Shelley versus Myron Reed versus Alex Kane versus Zenshi versus a mystery opponent, who was revealed to be ACH, making his return to MLW. And, you know, we got to put our boy Zenshi over. The man is an acrobatic genius. He had some great spots, especially a great sequence with Myron Reed throughout the match. Uh, he landed a really big drop kick onto, on a ladder into Alex Kane. Uh, he also landed a six one nine on Myron Reed, uh, and an awesome spot where he jumped, I believe from one of the top ropes, uh, to the, uh, to almost get the belt. Um, and that's one thing Zenchi is, is the aerial artist, so he is fearless in his, uh, flying attempts and his aerial delivery. Uh, and there was another good spot towards the end of the match, uh, where Zenshi, uh, hit Myron Reed with a head scissors off the ladder. Um, that left an opening though for Alex Shelley to knock off Zenshi. And then, uh, from there, Alex Kane knocked off Alex Shelley in order to, claim the open weight championship and he is now your new MLW open weight champion. This was a really fun match to watch. Um and it's not a longer uh, match. It's really towards the end of the show. It is the end of the show, uh, but it was a very fast-paced, very quick ladder match that doesn't take up too much time. So I highly recommend watching this match in particular from the Thanksgiving episode this week on MLW. We had the finals of the Opera Cup, as we saw in the previous week. TJP advanced to the finals to face Davy Richards, um, and in this match. Uh, TJP came in very confident, very cocky about his ability to win. Davy Richards was coming in for someone who's a veteran, though, came in very humbled, very um, appreciative of the experience um, and not taking any of this for granted. Knowing that he had to fight TJP for this opportunity. Um, and he did. Davey Richards won um, when he uh, locked in the ankle lock and made TJP tap out. Uh, so your Opera Cup winner for 2022 is Davey Richards. Uh, as far as for the rest of the show, uh, they did announce for next week, we are going to see 5150 versus the Los Parks for the MLW Tag Team titles. Uh, 5150 Ooh-hoo. has just been fire with their promos. And finally, Cesar Duran has delivered and he is going to give 5150 the match. We are going to see that next week on uh MLW television, as well as the debut of Enzo. He's going to be facing Matt uh. Ross. As far as some future <laughs> announcements, uh, MLW has announced Blood and Thunder that's going to be happening in Dallas in January. They announced this week that Roxy will be appearing at Blood and Thunder, the reigning Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Uh, so MLW has been very adamant and clear about an open door policy for talents from all over. And having Roxy there as the Ring of Honor Women's Champion is going to be a big for their women's vision that they're really Mm -hmm. establishing and flourishing the last thing i want to mention with mlw is the card for their show between uh, mlw azteca underground and crash lucha libre that will be happening on december 3rd tijuana baja california mexico and uh, mas lucha put out a tweet uh, just yesterday with the anticipated card. Now, this has not been confirmed by MLW or Crash, but Mas Lucha Libre is a pretty, uh, you know, in touch source. And it ended up on Wikipedia. So, in some ways, we will see how canon this is. But it is the full card for the MLW Crash show. And I just want to share some matches that are listed. In this rundown, uh, we're going to have some amazing matches and people are going to be pulling some double or triple duty this weekend. Um, we do have a trios match between Hijo del Vikingo, Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr. versus Davey Richard, Ray Orris and Alex Kane. We also have another trios match in which Dynamical, Alex uh, Black Danger, and Addies will be facing Adamis, Destiny, and Mystices Jr. This one I think will pique your interest, Brendan. We have Richard <laughs> Holiday versus Psycho Clown. Woohoo! Uh and that could be a dangerous place for Richard Holiday. But you know what? Maybe being IWA uh Puerto Rican Caribbean champion has taught him a few things about hardcore wrestling because he may need that in facing psycho clown. An escalera Al inferno match between Bestia Six 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 and Mod's Kruger. A tag team match uh fifty-one fifty that's Danny Rivera and Slice Boogie versus Arrow Star and Drago. And a hardcore tag team match, Pagano and Alex Hammerstone versus King Muertes and Torres. Uh as well as Mecha Wolf versus Extreme Tiger and Toto versus Proximo. So again, this has been reported by Masalucha. This is a card that they put up on their Twitter account. I have not been able to verify it by MLW or other sources. So uh you know, take it with a grain of salt. But if this is indeed the case, this is quite a show between MLW and Crash. Yeah,
2: that's a heck of a lineup. Uh, I I hope that that's even half of that is, is true because that's going to be amazing.
1: Yes. I was trying to play on the side of caution, but, you know, the Escalera and Inferno match between Bestia and Mads, that sounds, uh you know, so great the, Both of the trios matches are going to be ridiculous I mean, especially e Laredo Kid and Octagon Versus Davey Richards, Ray Orris and Alex Kane That in and yeah. it of itself, you know, is going to be good And I feel like that is such a good utilization of U.S. talent In Davey and Alex partnering with Ray um, You know, that in itself I feel like is a very strong match um And man, talk about house fight big boys: Pagano, Alex Handerstone, King Muertes, and Torres. Uh-huh.
2: Right? Yeah. Right? Oh man. No, but what I really like to your point about the other one is it's a traditional lucha libre trio's match. Yeah. So you're getting American wrestlers, but you're getting uh, you're getting a traditional lucha match. So you you're kind of getting the best of all worlds, and hopefully. To our t- conversation earlier, that means American fans can get more of a taste of traditional Lucha Libre style matches. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, make sure you tune in to our show next week as we are able to learn results of this show. Uh, we are going to share them absolutely uh, because, again, if these matches are scheduled as as they have been listed through Masalucha, then this is going to be a hell of a card. And hopefully also these are going to be recorded and aired on MLW's uh, social medias and YouTube, and we can see them as part of Fusion Alpha. Up next, well, this is usually where Dusty does this week in Lucha Libre history. And we're going to try to do him justice this week. I don't have the same <laughs> spiel as Dusty does. I don't have his notes. That's uh, but all Dusty. That's all dusty. That's, yeah. all dusty. that's uh, all Dusty. But... We head into this week in Lucha Libre history. This day in Lucha Libre history is available on LuchaCentral.com. In this segment, we cover an important moment within this week in the world of Lucha Libre. Uh, and we discuss how pointing it is, what is uh, our memories of it, and some of the implications it may have had in the world of, of pro wrestling. This week, we are covering... November thirtieth, nineteen ninety eight, and that's when Legends of Lucha Libre star Conan won the WCW World Television Championship after beating Chris Jericho at the WCW Monday Nitro um, at the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, episode one sixty eight. Uh, this is available online on YouTube. Uh, one of the few things that well, you could still find on there. <laughs> and the match itself is not long i believe only around what eight minutes uh and for me what what i really gravitated to or was poignant for me is that one this is prime annoying chris jericho uh Uh he was out there with his security guard ralphus rufus ralphus ralphus yes yeah and uh you know, very annoying, very flamboyant. You had uh, Conan in the Wolfpack gear and uh, part of the NWO Wolfpack. And what to me said, at least initially in the beginning, too, is there was a big crowd pop for almost everything. But it was the little things from an arm drag to a clothesline to a shoulder block. It really got the crowd you know, excited. It wasn't a technical masterpiece by any means. Not like you see, as we've talked about in the cruiserweight division and other matches in WCW. But I think it was just more, landing more simple moves so that the bigger moves made a, a, a an ovation so when jericho did the lion salt when he rolled into the lion tamer those were things that crowd the crowd really grav- like really popped for um yep. even though chris jericho was a heel at this time um it, the crowd got behind really him. well <laughs> yes and no so i feel like he was easily able to get underneath the crowd's skin um, but he was way more dynamic and entertaining on a personality than Conan. Like but that they looks- cheered
2: him for doing that. That was yes. I remember this period of Chris Jericho very well. Like he was a heel, but we were tuning in to see what stupid things he was gonna do. Yes. Like you know, 100%. <laughs> like he was he was more of an anti-hero, a, com- a comedic anti-hero at this point, where we were rooting for him, even though. He was the asshole bad guy. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, what, what were your thoughts <laughs> as you were watching this match? Well, so
2: um, a lot of the time, you and I, we like to talk about the story that's going on, and that was one of the things that I didn't, I, I won't say I didn't care for, but I found less, this was less relevant to either of these individuals' storylines. It was, this was, Conan winning this title was about the NWO Wolfpack, Having more gold and and the red and black brand having some semblance of power in the master storyline, whereas Chris Jericho could afford to lose and he would then go on a tirade about being screwed again and and uh, the, get catapulted further up the card. So,
1: um, <laughs> and, and so explain this also referee because you've also had some experience in refereeing because I thought this, the ending of this match, I just want to make sure I understood this. So in the match, towards the end, Chris Jericho thought he had won the match after locking in the lion tamer. Conan, uh, was close to the ropes and he was able to grab that. Um, so mm-hmm. Chris Jericho broke Lion Tamer, not because of the referee count, because he thought he he got Conan to tap. So he yes. grabbed the belt, uh, was going to use the belt to hit Conan. He ended up dropping it. Conan hit him. He dropped it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, ended up using it to do an X factor, uh, on, or just to hit, you know, uh, Chris Jericho's face onto the belt. Mm hmm. Explain to me, is that not <laughs> utilization of, of, you know, is that... So is, that, that falls that under the... Yeah. That, uh, it,
2: that falls under what they would call referee discretion. And it would have been better if the, uh, commentators had put that over. Uh, if the referee determines that, that the use of the, or the, the, hitting of the belt was accidental or incidental to the because uh the belt was introduced into the ring uh and then not properly cleared out uh if they if they determined that Conan if the referee was to decide Conan didn't do that on purpose which i mean i don't know what world he would be living in but this is the
1: Well and that's true he didn't plot. bring the belt into the <laughs> ring Chris Jericho did so I yeah. get that. I just I know under some matches, the referee would have still de- declared that a disqualification right. because of the utilization of this, you know, yeah. illegal object.
2: So to use modern day refs, uh, if if uh, Aubrey, who's a li- much more of a straight down the middle kind of law and order style ref, she probably would have called that a disqualification. Like mm-hmm. That would have been a much bigger storyline. Whereas um the more permissive referees, like the Bucks favorite referee <laughs> would just be like, oh, it was there. Just don't worry about it. And, and that's what we got. And I think, uh, the storyline going on in WCW at the time was you had a crooked ref. You had, uh, a number, uh, you had uh, wrestlers who were just going crazy every week and, and the refs, the, the non-crooked refs were just looking powerless. So I think a lot of them were just at that point, storyline wise, just there to pick up a paycheck so you know <laughs> that's i i i saw that too i wasn't the biggest fan of it uh, on rewatching it i remember at the time uh not really thinking about it and but yeah my my ref training eyes looked at that one that's just that's just messy.
1: I'm just nitpicking on this, you know, because the but, match itself yeah. uh, was, you know, definitely entertaining. Prime Chris Jericho. <laughs> and you could yep. tell his understanding of wrestling from, you know, that lucha experience that he'd had yeah. previously and why working with Conan uh, did seem so uh, effortless and how he was able to connect in- with the crowd. And uh, be able again. I think it was the little things that they did that got the crowd over, yeah. but also she, made the those bigger moves that much more uh, of an impact statement.
2: To your point, that is uh, that was one of the more interesting things in my rewatch of this match. Is just uh, I don't want to say low effort because that makes it sound like they were just maybe they were, but I just, they, yeah, I mean, like a,
1: yeah, I, I think. <laughs>
2: Two, there's, these are two guys that we've both seen operate within a couple of years of that match at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. But but to your point, they were able to draw a really good match out of doing, I mean, less than 10 bumps and uh, a whole bunch of arm drags. So uh, you, you just uh, – you got a lot out of that for not a lot of work in. And it might have been because they had a really aggressive filming schedule – it might have been because neither of them really wanted to go over the top of the extra mile since the, you know, the story, the, the change of hands was about that. It might have just been, uh, one of the two of them saying, Hey, let's see how much we can do with just how, how little. Let's see how much we can, you know, and they, cause they can always pull big moves out of their back pocket if the crowd, they think they're losing the crowd. But since they weren't, then they didn't need to. So I don't know. I just, I found that very interesting, but, yes. uh, I, I loved that they were able to pull that out. I love that I was able to watch it and notice that they were just doing small moves very well and and still kept me involved in the match. So it was kind of fun.
1: Well, that was this week in Lucha Libre history. Again, don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre history at luchacentral.com. But you know what? There's a lot more at LuchaCentral.com than meets the eye. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find there?
2: All right, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives and all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Brittany, you have some CMLO results.
2: Yes. So, uh, they, we did, in fact, during one of the weeks here, have the, uh, the Leyenda de Azul tournament, which featured Sobrenario Jr., Angel de Oro, Ultimo Guerrero, Barbario Cavernario, Atlantis Jr., Echicero, Stuka Jr., Terrible, Blue Panther, sagrado grand guerrero Emilio diablo one dark panther dragon rojo jr esfinge and emilio diablo 2 now uh we've taught we talked about that on talked about this tournament on this this week in lucha libre this is the honor uh blue demon a lot of the wrestlers came out there wearing this is the original blue demon not the current blue demon jr uh just to be extra clear on this in case anybody is still thinking about the, the TV show or all the weird Blue Demon Jr. updates we've done about weird things in his life. This is the original Blue Demon that was in the movies with, uh, with, with, uh, the saint, uh, El Santo. So, uh, there, there, that's what the, this is about his legacy. Um, so they this was a traditional Cybernetico where they had a battle royal that set the uh that set teams. Uh you and then and then at the end of it you had so you had the two teams at the end of it, so Bernardo Jr. wound up winning, which was a bit of a surprise to most people. Uh he he um he of of the names in this, he's not the one you would think would be someone that they would they would try and catapult further up the card, which is usually what this tournament will do. Uh he's he's already in a firm in a pretty high up position and doing pretty well. He's uh crossed over with New Japan and ROH at several points. Uh, so uh I was a little surprised, but uh pleasantly so that he got the win. So hopefully this means big things for Sobernario Junior and CMLL in the near future. Uh, and then also, the main event that happened after that, you had Volador Jr. Uh, defending his NWA Welterweight Championship against TJP, who uh, brought uh, Jeff Cobb out with him. Uh, Volador Jr. was able to, to successfully defend the the title. This is his first title defense since March, which was against Bandito. So he kind of is hauling us out for big names when people show up. Uh, so kind of this was kind of a pretty good eye per view hopefully we get uh, a replay of it at some point in the future but uh it was good times and uh that's the CMLL updates for this week as always if you want more CMLL there's more news out there let me know if you want that if you want less let me know too I'm trying to keep it to the big headlines right now but uh there we go so that's our CMLL for this week
1: Thank you, Brendan. Up next, we have NXT. We got two weeks of NXT content to go over. So we'll do this pretty quickly. Just some highlights of last week's show. We did see the return of Santos Escobar. He faced Malik Blade. Uh, this one, again, I mean, Santos is always fairly arrogant. Um, and sometimes, you know, his opponents are able to kind of take advantage of that and surprise him. But ultimately we had Santos winning with the Phantom Driver. This match though seemed to set up more of a story uh that sets up for what we saw this week. And I'll explain it in a second. So after the match, all of Legado de Fantasma was in the middle of the ring. Uh Electra Lopez would talk talked pretty much uh solidifying that whole Zion Quinn uh story uh as far as him declining and how he ended up paying for that um and then uh legato uh talking about you know taking this opportunity really well let me let me take a step back because there's this happened there was several things that happened so um Walking Wild after Elektra talked, took the mic and said that they are back at full strength as a unit. And from there, they are interrupted by Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. And pretty much saying that they are all there for the same reason, for the NXT tag titles. And so there was some back and forth between them until Imperium showed up. Uh, Fabian uh, Eichner and Marcel Barthel, and pretty much put it out there. Hey, whoever wants a chance at these titles, come and get it. But in order to do that, they needed to face each other to determine the number one contenders for the NXT tag titles, which I will get to in a minute uh but also last week we had Ivy Nile versus Ulissa leon uh we've mentioned her before as um one of the newest members of the n x t roster uh mexican i think power lifter athlete and she is the daughter of uh a luchador c m l l luchador I forgot his name because I'm not dusty, and I don't have all these fun notes um <laughs> uh, but Um, we had a match between Ivy Nile and Ulisa Leon. Um, this match started off very playful with Leon kind of dodging her, uh, her attempts at a charge. However, Ivy Nile took her down fairly quickly. Ivy did her own types of playful aspects, like, I don't know, uh, you know, wrapping her legs around, uh, Ulisa's head to do some, uh, sit-ups and, uh, using Leon's back to do push-ups. Um, which really displayed Ivy's strength, but, uh, Ivy ended up winning that match, um, by locking in a dragon sleeper for a submission win. This week in NXT, we saw Yulisa again as she teamed up with Valentina Feroz against Indy Hartwell and Persia Priata. This time, Ulisa and Valentina was able to capitalize on Indy being distracted by Dexter uh, Loomis, who has disappeared. He was in the hospital, and now he's gone. So they were able to utilize some really great teamwork to distract Indy. However, Persia stepped in um, with the tag and was able to win the match with a face buster. Um, so it's good to see you, Lisa and Valentina, um, uh, making some strides on NXT. And the fact that they seem, um, you know, having you, Lisa, on the, the show two weeks in a row is a good sign, even though she's being used as more of an enhancement role. Um, as we see with NXT 2.0, um, you know, they, they are looking to put people in certain places on the roster. Uh, with that though, as I mentioned about the events from the previous week, we did get a number one contenders match between Legado de Fantasma and Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, in which, uh, Von Wagner and uh, Kyle O'Reilly won, and they are now the new number one contenders, uh, for, uh, the NXT tag titles, which is again, I mean, we've had this conversation plenty of times of Legato trying to be in that number one contendership spot and winning those tag titles, and what does this mean for Legato? I still believe we must protect Legato uh, because, uh, you know, at any moment, if if the company doesn't find that ROI in them, they could be on that chopping block, and they've done. Such a great job of building themselves up as a group and really one of the longest standing groups now in NXT that it would be a shame to see that, you know, go, go away. But yet again, always a bridesmaid, never a bride with Legado de Fantasma. Um, not quite their time, if we see if it is ever, uh, to to fight for that championship gold and even become uh, tag Champions This is the home This was the go home show for uh War Games So with that too Last week we did confirm the final Member of the women's team And that is Kaylee Ray She has been added to Team Gonzalez So it will be her Cora Jade, Hiroshi Ride And Raquel Gonzalez versus Team Kai Dakota Kai And Toxic Attraction uh, we also did get confirmation that the men's warm game match is going to be somewhat of a new school versus old school group. We have Team Black and Gold, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight versus Team 2.0. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, we are going to see Imperium face Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner for the NXT Tag Team Championships. A very interesting match, an Apuestas match. At war games in a hair versus hair match, Cameron yes. Grimes versus Duke Hudson, which I'm very surprised in. But I do think that there's been a, a character shift and change in Cameron Grimes. So I have a feeling his hair is going to go, which is kind of sad because he's cut it to a really nice length. It used to be super long. Now he <laughs> cut it to shoulder length. And I'm like, OK, I like this. And now we're going to lose it. So I don't know what we're doing here. Um
2: that's right. We and, update new fans on the fashion too. I yes. was paying attention to that myself. I I was. I'm with you. I like his hair as it was.
1: But. I like I like it as how it is. But you know, it's a rare to see an Apuestas match in NXT. Um, especially in a, uh, event like War Games. So, uh, I have a feeling that will be, you know, the opening match probably, maybe set the tone. Who knows? And we're also going to get Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy, uh, for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So that is going to be, uh, this, uh, Sunday, December 5th. Sunday, December 5th, it's going to air on Peacock. It's going to be the first War Games to air on Peacock. Um, wow. So ma- yeah.
2: Big weekend for wrestling. We've got Reggie a Saturday and um, War Games Sunday.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Uh,. <laughs> Yeah,
1: on top of all the (laughs) weekly stuff that we've we've talked about as well. So a big weekend for wrestling. But make sure you uh, stay tuned to LuchaCentral.com. They are going to have results uh, for NXT every week. And I'm fairly certain we'll have the results for War Games. Up next, we're going to shift to additional WWE uh, news. We're going to be talking about Raw and SmackDown. And even a little 205 Live. You know, I'm not. We're not dusty. We're not as as diligent as he is, but <laughs> we do have some news. Uh, first off, I uh, believe it was the last week, not this week. Last week, the Mysterios, Rey and Dominic, beat Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin on last week's SmackDown. We had Damian Priest defend the U.S. title against Apollo Crews, and successfully retain. And in a little interesting 205 news, Electra Lopez defeated Valentina Faroz. So, again, 205 Live is becoming this additional platform for NXT talent, which, you know, I think is a great way to get people excited about 205 Live. It's great to be able to give those talent another... Uh, opportunity and platform to be on Television um, And it could be a great place To see people like Valentina uh, Like Ulyssa Like Electra Lopez um, Do some great in ring work When you know NXT On a weekly basis is too crowded But we gotta talk about The big big news that happened uh, Right before Thanksgiving and that is Zelina Queen Zelina to you and Carmella winning the women's tag team titles. Brennan, I mean, tell me, what were your first thoughts when this actually happened?
2: Well, I, I was wondering why we didn't see this on anything like this on Selena's last run, to be honest. Like, I am super happy we're finally getting that, but they could have been doing this long, well before they fired her the first time, right? Could have been doing, she's just such a all-over great star, so... Yeah, uh, that's where I was at. I was I, The salt was flowing because, unfortunately, yes. WWE results usually result in salt for me at this point. I,
1: yes, well, I do think, it's, <laughs> I mean, she's in a great place with the Queen Selena uh, yes. persona. Her as a team with Carmella makes sense, this kind of mean girls mentality. I mean, this adds some spice to the women's tag titles because we hadn't even seen them really defended at all. We hadn't even seen Nikki and Rhea together that much. Nope. Um So I, I think at that point, when you know it's kind of stale, it's time to turn the page and to do something new. So I think it was great to see Zelina and Carmella win the tag titles. And it also brings the rise, you know, to a whole new set of challengers, maybe a new babyface tag team that comes up. Um, who knows? It does seem like they're moving away from the Nikki Rhea partnership. Um, and even if, you know, it definitely gives me Michelle McCool and Layla vibes. Oh yeah um, like very much that uh, very the same, very similar vibes, but just you know a a little bit more of a modern touch to it, and still almost just like not even just mean girls, but just like very just catty, brutal women, uh which I think fits this team so very well, I think that they play off of each other really, really well, and you can tell to the point where they are now uh. Women's tag team champions. So, a big congratulations to them, and hope to see the women's tag division flourish a little bit more, have a little bit more competition now.
2: Uh, it would be nice. They've uh, definitely had uh, had had the just no a lot of zero effort. But I mean, that's again my the salt with a lot of WWE is they have all the talent, but zero effort. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any time, you could see any of you anything that's your favorite thing explode into awesomeness, which is why we keep optimistically keep tuning. Well, why we optimistically make Dusty tune in? To be let's be honest here. I, yeah,
1: I, yeah, that's that's <laughs> he he got the short end of that stick. Uh, because as you could tell, we don't really watch a whole lot of WWE. I just it just isn't you know uh, I I don't. I don't have cable, so I don't watch USA. So, trust me, it was a little heartbreaking when Finn Balor moved from SmackDown to Raw, because now they're going to make me watch. You have to pay to watch Finn Balor? Like, is that really what I have to do um, with all these, you know, roster shifts? But, um, <clears throat> you know, there's some some good highlights. There's some silver linings, and one of those is absolutely... Zelina and Carmella winning the tag titles but you know if you miss any WWE action you can find the results on luchacentral.com so make sure you check them out if you want to know what you missed this week last week heck even the week before we got you covered on luchacentral.com we're gonna finish up this week, well, kind of like what we do every week, and that is with Impact Wrestling. Uh, over the Thanksgiving uh, episode, we did get a Thanksgiving special with the return of Wrestle House, Wrestle House Two uh-huh. Thanksgiving special. Um, Decay used their dark magic to teleport uh, Johnny Bravo, Hernandez, Madison Rain, uh, Alicia. Johnny Swinger, uh, the Swingerellas to Wrestle House, um, for this special edition of Impact Wrestling. Um, and so this episode was, again, it's, it's very much like a big brother type of uh, vibe in Wrestle House. Um, totally but a little bit
2: dark magic.
1: Only with dark magic. It's totally cool. I just do got to give a heads up. So if you saw the matches, you'll know that they did this in a different format. If any of you recognize the arena that they filmed that's in, that is the FSW Arena in Las Vegas So a special shout out to Future Stars of Wrestling To have their facility featured on this Thanksgiving episode uh, But you know what, there was some interesting Lucha adjacent content on this show We had uh, the team of Decay, which is Taurus, Crazy Steve, uh, Havoc, and Rosemary With Chris Sabin, Defeat uh the influence, which is Caleb and Madison Rain, Eddie Edwards, Alicia Edwards, and Hernandez. Uh and then we also did later on have a one-on-one match with Black Taurus versus Hernandez, in which Black Taurus won. Um and just the, the crazy adventures of Wrestle House. Um definitely check it out. I one of the things I do love about um Impact wrestling is a little, you know, how meta they are. They understand their ridiculousness. They know that they, um, you know, are uh, just a, a bit ridiculous. Uh But hey, you know, I think that makes it all the the better. That's what makes it, um, you There's know, just some fine something. line. Yes, they
2: manage to stay on the right side of that fine line, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um and so also we got the return of Downtown Daddy Brown in Willie Mac. Um he <laughs> defeated Johnny Swinger. And, you know, someone like Willie Mack, who is such a chameleon, and you don't even know it sometimes, where he can do comedy, he can do serious matches, he can do lucha, he can do American. I mean, like, he is just someone who's such a a fun person to watch and such a chameleon. So I I just think that uh, this episode in particular is a great way to break up the monotony of things and, again, acknowledge kind of what makes impact impact. Um, and they, they make fun of themselves and their history. Um, and it's part of a bigger storyline of the last Russell House was in Johnny Bravo. Um, was about to get married to Rosemary. He got, well, and, and, well, he, that happened after. So actually, Russell House set that up where they fell in quote unquote love in Russell House and then got married afterward uh but I mean Tyle was a big part of the first Russell House. I would love to see her make her return at Russell House. Um, I mean, I, that would just be such a funny thing to do. Um, she left shortly after Russell House. She was revealed as the person who shot Johnny Bravo, um, and was taken away to a maximum level penitentiary. And so having her return would be such a fun thing for impact, but who knows? I'm just, I'm just, you know, doing my fantasy booking here. Um, but that was, uh, the Thanksgiving edition of uh, Impact. They returned tonight for their regular show, and they had a few interesting matches on there to make note of. One was the debut of Jonah against a man that you talked about a little bit earlier um, in talking about the Boyle Heights wrestling show, Jay Vidal. Um, yeah. Or Jay. Um <laughs> Uh, if you know Jonah, uh, he made his debut at, uh, I believe bound for glory. Um, and so, uh, no, not bound for glory. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it was the pay-per-view right after that, but Jay Vidal is a, a cruiserweight in, in more of his style compared to Jonah. So Jonah got the win there in his first impact wrestling weekly match, um, and then we also got, as I'm going through the results, uh, we did get Violent by Design versus Rich Swann and Willie Mack. This match they've been doing kind of over and over and over again. Rich Swann and Willie Mack won. They were facing Diener and Joe Doering. Um, I am not sure where they're going with this, to be honest, um, after the match uh violent by design beat up rich fawn and willie mack they were saved by rhino and um uh oh gosh rhino and uh heath um, tonight's
2: show brought to you by forgotten names
1: yes <laughs> That's
2: our theme to be fair
1: time. this just happened as we are recording so oh, no i we're both doing it
2: i'm just yes. calling i'm just calling attention to the fact that, yes. that we both just are awful on names tonight we, i do apologize folks we both do take our notes we are dusty's not the only one that's this diligent it's just there's a lot of a lot and sometimes the brain
1: yes yes and you call me out i don't i'm not up to date on my uh uh aew and <laughs> WWEs that's why we divide and conquer here even yeah. though i can't believe I'm, you know, not that I can't believe I I forgot Adam Page's name because I kept thinking the name of the thing that kept coming up in my head was cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. Who does cowboy shit? Cowboy shit.
2: <laughs> right, and that's so, that's a fun thing about his branding because I was yes. Once you once you got stuck in that, that's I couldn't think of his name either
1: until yeah cowboy yes. shit. So, uh, <laughs> but also like. <laughs> I, you know, I do love impact. I advocate for them highly, you know, but having yeah. Violent by Design versus Rich Schwan and Willie Mack again. Mm-hmm. I what are you leading to? What are you leaning to? What are we doing here with this? Please tell me. What are I, we doing I, here? I can't
2: tell you. I uh have not been up enough on the product to have an idea of what their storyline is and they're usually so far in the creative direction that it's harder for me to predict anyway. Yes. They're not doing, they're not doing old school wrestling booking. They're doing new creative stuff. Which
1: yes, is. yes, which is different. Impact, but yeah. impact. Um, but you yep. know, I mentioned Black Taurus, uh, through the impact of review and he will be one of the wrestlers also at Expo Lucha this June. Yeah. So, uh, again,
2: about his experience at Lucha house. I'm Yes. Uh, That would
1: be a cool one, too. (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, Wrestle House. We can ask. uh, (laughs) I just made a thing. You just made a thing. thing. (laughs) Copyright, own it, sell it. Um, (laughs) As well as uh, as I talked about earlier in the show with MLW, uh, with Audis, he will be part of uh, Expo Lucha. As well. So, I mean, it feels like every week that we talk about someone, there's always a way to tie that back to Expo Lucha. We have a feeling that as more talents are being announced, there will be more tie ins to uh, things in the show. So, make sure you stay tuned too. Oh, Go ahead.
2: Definitely stay tuned. As I was trolling Twitter during the recording of this, they said we're going to get more match announcements coming soon. Yes. So next week's show, we'll have the, the match announcements for you for sure.
1: Yes. So make sure that you stay tuned to our show. Uh, and thank you so much for listening That's it for this week We all made it We did it without Dusty Which makes me a little sad uh, <laughs> Because the show is definitely not the same without him But we hope he is recovering And he's resting And will be back with us next week Along with all of you Listening to the Lucha Central weekly podcast Please make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com Your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre As well as Lucha Central on social media uh, at lucha central on facebook and instagram and at lucha central com on twitter you gotta check out the youtube page that has hours upon hours of exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else and while you're at it why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media brendan can you let our listeners know where they can find you
2: Absolutely. I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers. 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out, and I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitters. Yes,
1: and don't forget our friend Dusty Murphy. Uh, you can follow him at Dusty Murphy on the socials, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, me, myself, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook as well. Pretty sure Dusty's on Twitter. Uh, I think his handle is Dusty Murphy.
2: He's never he's never come out and said he's on Twitter, but he keeps talking about seeing tweets. So.
1: Maybe he's just like <laughs> me, and he's just like low-key. Not that I'm on Twitter, because I'm not, but also like a Twitter uh, stalker, because I do that. So, maybe, maybe I'll do It's just
2: hard to resist sometimes. And again, I I stress this all the time. Wrestling Twitter, for the most part, can be a very positive place. It does go to the negative quite a bit that Twitter is prone towards doing. But uh, generally, the wrestlers on Twitter and the wrestling community on Twitter is about being nice and uplifting. So, if you are terrified of Twitter because it's normally a toxic place... Come check out wrestling Twitter. It might be better than you think.
1: I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hard pass, hard pass on that. Um, I also want to take this opportunity to thank our uh, one of our distributing partners, the Chairshot.com. If you are listening to this uh, through the Chairshot.com, thank you so much. Also, do not forget to check out the Your place for wrestling news, analysis, sports, entertainment. In sports entertainment. Uh, and a, a big shout out to them and all the content that they produce, but also for having us as part of their podcast network as well. Uh, reach out to us again on social medias. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Podbay, iTunes, Google Play, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, and that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, things you like change, things you like for us to talk about, not talk about, whatever it may be. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think on either uh, the review portion of however you're listening to it or through us directly on social, social media. Uh, thank you all again so much for listening. We will be back with you next week. So for Brendan Barr, I'm Morena Morales. Thank you all so much.